So everybody, it's the Ordinary Joe Show. And I was feel like Oprah when I say that. Welcome to the Ordinary Joe Show. And Sandra, I have a little podcast here. And I have wanted to interview you for a very long time because the Ordinary Joe Show is talking to regular people in the community who are doing amazing things. And quite a while ago, I saw the article on CBC about the great work that you're doing. And I instantly, I think it took me about 30 seconds to send you a message. And uh, it's been great ever since. So for our lovely viewers here, we have Sandra Burling, right? Burling in here with us yes. on the virtual studio. And Vinny Lily, my best bestie now. Uh, and we are going to talk about the great work that uh, Sandra is doing. And Vinny has a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of insight to weigh in here, too. So in a nutshell, for my viewers, Sandra uh, operates this program called Women Helping Women Feed Work. I have that correct. And, and what she does is she connects with women who are incarcerated uh, to make Indigenous jewelry, cultural jewelry, and then she helps them sell it on her Instagram page so that they can do things like get new glasses or help their family pay their rent, that kind of thing. And it's been a wonderful project, but uh, now Sandra is running into some, some challenges and some struggles with the program. And so what I really want to do, first and foremost, is celebrate the great work that you're doing, uh, the initiative, the creativity, fantastic, uh, the connection. Like There's a lot of really, really great things that I think that we can say about your program and, and talk about maybe how we as a community can support the great work that you're doing in whatever shape, way, shape, or form and address some of the issues, larger issues that are coming out of some of the challenges that you're facing. So Sandra, do you want to just talk about a little bit, explain what your program is all about and what you're doing? That might be a good way to get started. Sure. Thank you for having me. And um, I do, uh, so I work a full-time job and this is just a part-time volunteer gig in the evenings and it started um, almost accidental. It wasn't something I set out to do. It was, uh, my daughter was dating um, this young Indigenous man whose mom happened to be in Headingley, the Women's Correctional Center. And she was sending me gifts and uh, beadwork gifts and I just, fell in love with them and asked her if she wanted to sell them. And so I just started this small little Instagram page and I was just selling her work. Her name's Trilai. And I was selling just Trilai's art. And um, it was pretty incredible that, you know, we had so many people that were interested. And then Trilai went to Elizabeth Fry Society and then another girl joined, Sadie. And then, you know what, it just kind of, Unfortunately, Trilai went back into jail, but she was able to share um, what we were doing and um, share it with some of her friends, which I thought was absolutely incredible that she was non-selfish and she wanted other girls to, you know, get some money because it was just really about um, selling their beadwork and providing uh, the women with whatever money I made for them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I just charged the customer for shipping. That was it. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. And so what, how many, how many women had, did eventually join? Well, I've been doing this. It's I'm, I think I'm going on to probably close to five years now. <laughs> and um, I probably have sold beadwork for about 60 women. I bet. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it wasn't so, so it kind of morphed to, um, as certain ladies were sentenced and had to go into federal facilities, um, they definitely moved on. So they went out West to Fraser Valley, to, um, Edmonton Penitentiary, and then there's a healing lodge in Saskatchewan. So as they were sentenced, I've been able to stick with them and continue to sell their their art. That's incredible. So just the, the power of that. And they do amazing work. Like what I'll do when, when I publish this, if I can get some photos of the work that they do, and we'll, we'll share it. Uh, on Absolutely. The yeah, because it's, it's phenomenal. Like what? So there's necklaces. What all do you want to tell us? What what all kind of things have they they made? And also like, was it so plot or did they help each other learn how to make this stuff? I'm sure it was. Um, you know, it probably was somebody starting in Headingley, yeah, and then just sharing the skill. And yeah. you know, it, it their creativity is. Um, it just keeps getting better and better and better and. You know, it's uh, it's mostly an earring page, but I mm -hmm. also sell dream catchers and lanyards and keychains and chokers and um, medallions. Uh, there's so much that yes. uh, you know. Uh, it, it there's something that appeals to everybody, and I think the reason like this page has over twenty thousand followers now, and I think because so many people want to do better they want to do better and improve um the relationship and the harm that's been done to our indigenous community and i believe the love and support is there mm -hmm. i think you're right because i really connected with it when i saw your page i just felt like i needed i needed to do something and uh, a couple of things like when i it, for me, it was important to make a purchase for the financial part of it and to celebrate this this great Indigenous art. But also, I wanted to send that note. And, you know, and I just wanted, you know, I didn't, you know, to, to the lady who made it, it was like, you're not defined by those four walls. You know, like, you've got so much talent and potential. And we have that, there's that spirit of bonding and connecting all levels. So, yeah. So do you want to weigh in at all? Like, like as far as like how empowering something like this would be for these girls? Do you want to weigh in? Like what, like, what do you think about like how empowering this would be for somebody who is incarcerated, incarcerated to have this kind of opportunity? Well, I think it's, uh, it's a really great idea because of the fact that um, there's so many other negative things that can be done while you're incarcerated. And I know for a fact that this kind of thing really gets these women into a frame of mind where they can actually actually even do some thinking and some reflecting while they're doing that. And they can, uh, if, maybe if they're doing it together, they can talk and, you know, and I know that they're good people and they want to do good. So this is a very good uh, atmosphere and thing for them to do in order to get them into better frames of mind and to take that away it is really going to, it would, and I'm sure it has created a lot of anger and it's having a reverse effect. I totally agree, Vinny. Totally agree. Because what I've been told by some of the girls is that, you know, whoever they are, whoever their roommates are, I mean, those women are stuck in their cells for 21 hours a day. 
which is crazy because I think the men in the Headingley facility, they have free reign and these women don't. Yeah, all day. And so these women are stuck in their cells and it's therapy, it's medicine. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do they want? Like, do they want to, do they want the, them to feel good and do good, or do they want to make them worse? Because honestly, like, as if being in jail isn't bad enough, it makes you worse. That you want to start taking away, especially something that's a traditional thing. Like, I mean, there's there's already been enough taken away of that. That, and also not to mention that there's already the anger and the stuff there towards correctional officers and towards cops from the women that are incarcerated because of the experiences that they've been through. And I'm not saying that they're, that all guards or all cops are bad, but obviously every profession has their amount of negative and positive. And so this just kind of just starts to compile on top of all that stuff that's already there. And so like, man, you're just going to make a situation even worse. Well, you know what? I've, I've just heard so many I guess stories because they talk to these women all the time and you know and and at the time when I was still probably welcome to show up at that jail um, I did talk to a guard once and he told me that it's like any job it's just a bureaucracy people hate their job and so when you hate your employment what happens you treat people like garbage because you're not happy right so but but the question is, do they hate their job or do they hate their selves and their lives? Exactly. But they treat the women terribly. Some, some, uh, you know, are probably really good souls. But, you know, the the ones who, um, you know, I guess it's like anything. If If you have a particular history or you've done something, there's going to be negativity on you. And people aren't going to get out of that. They're going to they're going to treat these women um, with disrespect. And so that's to me what I feel like has is happening. They're going backwards. They're not evolving. They're not rehabilitating. They're not putting them in programs. Programs cost money, as you know. Now they have no money. Yeah, so like one of the worst things about incarceration is the fact that when you go in, you don't get re. Well, obviously there are some that do, but you don't get rehabilitated. It makes you worse. It made me worse. When I went into prison, I did 10 years in prison. It made me worse. It made me um, more resentful towards uh, authority figures. And uh, yeah, it just made me worse. It made me, uh, I called it, I call it crime school. Because when you go there, you get, get together with a bunch of other criminals and you conspire about things that you did and things that you want to do. And you get smarter in, that, in those criminal activities. And you also work out a lot, so you get physically stronger. And you might not use as much drugs, so you get mentally stronger. So it's, uh, it's uh, definitely not a very good environment in any way. Unless, yeah, I, unless they can, unless they can interpret some things in there that are actually allowing the people to feel like humans. Well, I think they're still allowed to bead, but so that's my understanding. Is so a couple of things. The jail called it their program. I have to adamantly say it was not their program because they didn't have a program. 
I'm not associated with them. This is me as a private citizen, just doing something with one woman that's morphed into something else. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with the jail. So they cannot even call it their program. Um, I am grateful I am not associated with Headingley Correctional Center because it's a bureaucracy. And if I was to try to do something in conjunction with the jail, you can imagine how much red tape I would have got, had to yeah. go through. Yeah. So it's, it's a private, independent thing I was doing with friends, we'll say, just Sandra and friends selling beadwork. And um, now, that it's, now that it's over, uh, the girls are allowed to bead. But now they have their finished pieces confiscated, put in their property, and they can have them upon release because some girls got caught giving their finished pieces to somebody who was being released. Okay. And I've been told they've been charged with selling contraband, which is absolutely insane. How can beadwork be contraband? Yeah, and the thing that bothers me, I just quickly looked at one of the articles before the interview tonight, and, and was it Kevin Gertson said, we're, we're not Amazon? But I, I just found that massively disrespectful because I can understand that with anything, there are challenges and, and hurdles, but sure, you're not Amazon, but you're a facility that needs to be helping these women celebrate themselves and learn skills and, and celebrate their talent and potential and and, and gain something that they can use when they're released. And this is such a beneficial thing that why, why would you say something so disrespectful rather than saying, let's figure out a way that we can make this work because we want to help these women succeed in every avenue of their life. I don't get it. To me, it was simply white privilege. That's yeah. how I saw it. Yeah. It was, you know, a stupid statement, white privilege, just yeah. not getting it. And obviously I'm a white person. I would never be so damn disrespectful and refer to, you know, the situation as we're not Amazon. Well, of course yeah. we're not, but again, it's not their program. They didn't have a program. So all they did is they stole something that was working for me and some women without even giving me the courtesy to tell me why it happened, mm-hmm. how it happened. Um, it just ended. And you know, I'll just give you a, sort of an idea of, you know, there's one girl who's sitting at EPRI and it blew me away when she told me that she said, you know what? I have never made a legitimate purchase in my life. I grew up stealing everything. And she said, I bought myself an iPhone. And she said, I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. I am so proud of the art her, you know, these girls' art is going international. I have somebody making a, a, a star blanket for a lady in Sweden right now. And, you know, so it's, she's very proud of herself. She can't, she, you know, yeah. she feels like she's, she's finally, um, and whatever she wants out of her life, like we can't put her in a box and say, this is the path you got to go down. It's right. how she wants to evolve and change because it comes from within and it's whatever is going to make her happy. My path is not going to be the same as her path. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. Um, 
talk to me about a couple of things. So first of all, let let's talk about like so sixty women, multiple facilities, a, a lot of art going out there. So so talk to me about kind of the, the success and the impact on 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 the women. Like like how what are some success stories or way ways that it's impacted them positively, the ways it's impacted you or even people who have received the arts, that kind of thing. Like like let's talk about about that kind of stuff. Well, I think every day, uh, you know, I, I'm constantly thanked by customers. They thank me for, you know, continuing to support these women. And you know what, that, that is a massive, um, it's amazing just the community support. I, you know what, I'm, I'm really proud to be associated with these women. I'm really proud that we've built this together because it's not me, it's them. I'm just the venue to help them sell their art. It's all about them. And so I'm really proud of them and I'm proud of, you know, how they've helped their family. Um, you know, one thing I, I didn't really realize was how family orientated um, the indigenous community is. Very supportive and very forgiving of um, and really giving their shirt off their backs to their kids and their families and you know what it it uh, there really is no selfishness from what I've seen and and I'm really quite impressed because you know I'm uh, I grew up in a family where you know what we fend for ourselves but I had a selfish lifestyle and you know I'm I guess I'm so impressed by how these women share and there's lots of forgiveness, you know, which like, there's a lot of people who have hoodwinked me and pretended they're somebody they're not. And I've sent money to them. And then the lady will say, well, that wasn't me. That's happened quite a few times. Really? But yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really have to ensure who I'm talking to, yeah. but um. Yeah, just really, really family-orientated, very, very caring and giving. So I love that. That sounds like it's enriched your life just as much as it's impacted their lives. Well, it has, and that's another part I'll, we'll talk about later on. Oh, there's a story there, I think. There's a story there, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. So, well, yeah, go, Woody. Um, I think, uh, like... At the end of the day, I know for a fact that uh, like we're, all these women are good people. Like we're all born good people, right? And so like, it's just like, it just, it just, it's more of a, it's a hit to them at a time when they need to actually start to make some real positive thinking changes in their brain. And it, I think it just allows them to do that. Um, and they also say that uh, only when compassion is present, uh, well, people only, how does the saying go? Um, only when compassion is present will people allow themselves to see the truth. And so this is one of these situations where they get into these frames of mind where they're doing something that they love to do. And, you know, really real uh, dramatic changes can be made in their thinking processes and I just think that that's very 
important considering the fact that how negative of, a, of an environment that it is in there. I totally agree. It's, uh, you know, it's not just about selling beadwork. So these women are my friends and I spend hours on the phone with them and we talk, we talk about life. We talk about sobriety. We talk about challenges. We talk about, you know, the skills that they're learning. Like some of them are, I'm sure the Headingley men's program and maybe in, I don't, I, I'm only assuming maybe you were in Stony, but there must be a program that you go into when you're trying to, let's say, uh, deal with your trauma. And let's say you want to do better for yourself, like in the women's jail, it's called walking bear. And it's for women who I guess really want to dig deep. And, you know, let's say you had, you know, a, a child who commits suicide and you had family members who were raped and pillaged in residential schools and you had just so much trauma you had to deal with. Some people can't deal with it. It's too much, but some are at a point in their life where they can deal with that. So they go into this program and, you know, there's certain freedoms you have and, you know, you have elders on site and you um, do sweats and ceremony and all sorts of things that are a little different than in general population. So did they have that? Um, I mean, yeah, they, uh, they do have certain ones like that, but, um, I don't think that they have enough of the different kinds of programs that they need in order to help people. Um, and I think that's one of the big, huge problems, which is causing having such a big effect and causing the recidivism. And uh, like, yeah, that's the thing is that the resources are just not there. And then when they get out, they're not there also. So it's like, what do you do? You go back to what you know. I and totally so agree. And the thing is, is that obviously the people that are in jail or committing crimes, like I'm telling you right now, they don't want to be doing the things that they're doing. I'm telling you that when they go to sleep at night, they're not saying how happy they are about the decision that they made and what caused them to be in jail. They're not happy about it. So those are the, that's the time basically when they're starting to reflect and, you know, really think about the things that they've done. And though that's when those real people emerge throughout all that crap that they've been piled on top of that life has to that life has to throw at you and so yeah i just think that uh i don't want to lose focus of the fact that just because somebody's in jail doesn't mean that and what i don't care what they did just because somebody's in jail doesn't mean that that they're a bad person like telling you these people they don't want to be doing that stuff well this whole collective that we do is uh, and I, I proudly say it's love, support, kindness, and most of all, no judgment, because I don't care what they did either. Yeah. I don't care. And I don't ask. And they don't tell me. And you know what, we just talk as friends. I don't want to know why they're in there. And it's not that I want them to feel ashamed. I don't think they want to tell me. They're just trying to start over. And you know what, healing become healing begins when you can start forgiving yourself yeah. you know and and acknowledging inside what's gone on however you're right when they get out 
Like some girls are just, okay, here's the door, out you go. And I know the men are like that too. But, you know, when you got to arrange your own transportation from Headingley and you head down to Salome Mission because you have nowhere to go, like, what is that? That's not rehabilitation. Like, how about there should be a corrections officer, there should be, you know, a parole officer, there should be somebody helping to find housing, support, employment insurance. You know, there should be there should be a transition in between jail to sort of I know there's day programs and there's Elizabeth Fry and all of that, but there should be something else where because I hear like I heard one girl say as I was driving her around, like because I pick up some of these girls. So that's how I meet them. If I have their money for them, like there's a girl who's getting out in August. I have her money. I've taken a few hundred dollars. She has nothing. So I have bought her clothes with her money. And she told me her size. So I got shoes. I got a tracksuit, you know, uh, some undergarments. And I'll pick her up. I'll give her her cash. We'll hit Walmart so she can get hygiene. And then, you know, she'll be off to her destination. But it's an opportunity to say hello, give a hug. That's what we need. We need that transition in between. And I truly believe we're doing such a disservice, just throwing somebody out the door back into society without bridging it somehow with that transition piece to help. Some people don't even know how to budget. They don't know how to cook, clean, run a house. They don't even have the life skills that they need to make make their lives comfortable. Right. So I think that's why I've, you know, I'd, uh, a lot of these women, I tell them how proud I am of them and I tell them I love them. And, um, you know, some, it takes a while for us to develop a relationship. You know, there's one girl right now who I know she's got significant mental health issues and, you know, she's had a life of rape in almost all of the foster homes that she's been sent to and she's traumatized. So it's going to take a while to build up a friendship and to build up a trust just to talk, but I'm in it. I want to do that because I just think, you know, there's so many people who have been forgotten Mm -hmm. and I, it, it, it's inhumane to do that. And I think uh, one of the most important things for anybody who's been through, uh, well, I mean, we've all been through stuff and we all need to talk about stuff, but that's the thing that you definitely need to start uh, allowing a resource for the people to start talking and communicating about the things that are literally holding them down. Because obviously we live in a society that doesn't really welcome the fact where people are allowing or allowing them to talk about what it is that bothers them. And so I think that that's one of the resources that's really needed for people who are incarcerated um, as soon as they get out to get involved in therapy and all that kind of stuff. All sorts of programs, eh? Like there's just really, it, it's like I went to uh, BHF for the first time a couple of weeks ago just to give some, pick up some beadwork work from a lady who's there. And I walked in and I was, I was so surprised I'd never been there. What an amazing building. 
and you've got like a unisex environment, men and women, you're all in treatment. It's voluntary. People are there because they want to do better. They want to improve. And I, I lived there for nine months. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. It changed my life. Really, eh? And uh, I also ended up getting invited back a couple of times to be a guest speaker there. Wow. Well, I was so impressed with it. I loved it. We need more of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I would also have to say for sure that I think that they shouldn't have them co-ed because okay. of the fact that it's just, it, I mean, obviously it's just something that you can't avoid, you know, when you get people in these vulnerable um, positions, like people are going to connect and they're going to, yeah. they're opening up and talking about things that they don't even talk to even their own family about. And then, so, you know, and then these people are, they're, they're also coming off, they're off drugs. And so this is like one of the, maybe the, one of the first times that they've ever been in that position where they've been sober. And so these emotions all start flooding back and, you know, and you're in close quarters with women and men. And so like when I was there, I, you know, I connected with people in different ways that you'd never, ever connect. And maybe not good timing. Because it's just like, it's just a distraction to what you need to be focusing on, right? So you need to focus yeah. on yourself and just focus on that and get that taken care of. And then when you're done, you can get stable and get on your feet and get things going. Then you can focus on giving a relationship if that's what you want. But it's just a bit, it's a bit of a distraction when you have that, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. But I was impressed with it. Yeah, it's definitely is, is I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It's definitely a very good program. Um, it allowed me to lose the mentality that I had on jails and cops and all that kind of stuff, which is huge for me because it's one of the things that keeps a lot of our people who are incarcerated or in gangs or in drugs, keeps them stuck in that lifestyle. Yeah, I can see that. So I'm going to, Jody. do you mind if I tell you what I've gained from this? Yeah, I, like, I, I love the story. I love it all. So I am, as of today, 623 days sober. Hey, congratulations. Hey. Yeah, so that's a good, good job. That's like, yeah. what is that, over two? Uh, that's two, a year and a half. It'll oh, be two now. years in October. You're Just amazing. Over and that's so, from what alcohol or yeah yeah I'm, okay. I'm a recovering alcoholic and um if it wasn't for these women they saved me from me they yes. saved me and i gain as much as they gain just on a different level i am grateful for them i'm grateful for this opportunity to work with them one thing I've learned from being sober is I've learned how to enjoy being boring and being with me, like enjoy how to be me because um, especially when COVID, you know, you're stuck at home. I work from home and um, it was a perfect opportunity at the end of the day. Happy hour was like right down my stairs. So, I mean, near the end, I was drinking two bottles of wine a day. Like it was terrible, absolutely terrible. I don't know how, like I was on my way to, you know, wrecking my job, you know, uh, uh, just doing stupid things. And um, 
so sobriety was was a gift I gained and so I I never want like in the, all the girls know that they we talk about it and I think that's why well and too I've I have massive potty mouth and I think we can just be ourselves together and that's yes. why yeah um I can talk because I think we can relate to one another of course I'm not sure like you know I I do not and will never claim to have the trauma that these women have been through, but I can deal with the addiction and I can, you know, and, and we can sit and we can talk shit with one another and it's fun. It's really fun because I don't speak in anger, but the F-bomb is the best adjective I've ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite word. That's awesome. I learned that it's honestly one of the most um the best ways to to um express yourself without using violence yeah as long as you're as long as you're doing it in a in a a non-violent way and you're just like you're renting or whatever like honestly it's it's allows people to express and get out anger that they have in there that gets built up and i think it makes people real i honestly if people i'm very respectful for people who don't want to swear but I find it just kind of it gives that piece about a person that you know what you're seeing a little bit of themselves you're getting more of that inner person and so yeah so anyhow it's a it's much more than just bead work it's a it's a relationship 100 and what I love about what you're doing is that a few things because it's it's a, I've always kind of been really passionate about the fact that we can have programs and and all this stuff but what we need is to really bridge those gaps which you are doing just through kindness and empathy and friendship and working from like a real grassroots level and it's sure the beating is great but it's much more than the sale it's much more than the, it's it's relationships and it's for those those girls when they go to bed at night, they know that they've got somebody in their corner who gives a shit about them, who sees them beyond where they live or what their past was like. They, she sees them as a person and as their talent and potential and is in that relationship, which I totally, totally love. And the, the impact of what you're doing is is mind-blowing. And what you'll you'll it will last forever and it's probably far more far-reaching than what you even know now. Well, I love what I do. I mean, it really, I sleep well at night. I feel like I've sort of found my, my place. Your purpose? Yeah, my purpose. I, so through being sober, you know, if I didn't have this Vinny and Jody, I wouldn't, I don't know who I'd be. I wake up in the morning, clear headed. I mean, just, so I'm in my fifties and you know, being hung over every day wasn't a good look, wasn't a good feel. It wasn't a good, like, you know, health wise, I just wasn't feeling, looking, um, you know, it booze was taking a toll on me. And so I wake up now and I just feel clear headed, focused. I'm better at my job. I'm happier. Um, you know, and I feel like 
I can give time. Like even the fellow who um, my daughter was dating, she's not dating him anymore, but I love him. Like he is like my son and I will always love him. And, you know, I still, he's still on my cell phone um, plan. <laughs> like, you know what? It's just, it's a little teeny piece of kindness, yeah. you know, that it, it just, I don't know. You just, I, I, I help out his family in other ways. You know, I, I just kind of, I don't know. It's just about being compassionate and, and, you know, sharing and just understanding that, you know, I, I guess I didn't really know a lot about, you know, it's a shame we're not taught in school about residential schools and the damage and like, these aren't things that are part of the curriculum. And so I'm grateful later in life to have realize the damage that our government has done mm -hmm. and um i'm grateful to learn every day and i have to make a point of saying that i don't want to ever seem like i know anything because i don't i just i i, I don't want to be that person who says oh well i know you know how to fix this problem that's not how how or who I am I just want to be Sandra and you know have some friends and that's the funny thing is that you say that because like uh, to help people who are struggling with stuff like that the best thing you can do is just be there for them you know just be present and be there to listen and that's one of the best things you know just let them get it off their chest and talk about things cry and like that's I was just at the Manitoba Youth Center today talking with about 20 different inmates and that was I was it was so shocking that I said that one of the things that helped me get to my spot in my journey today is to be vulnerable and to be able to cry and to admit that I'm scared and um, I actually got like two or three of the the inmates there to admit that they were scared and that they cried too when they were in jail I said, see, uh, do you understand? Do you understand how much courage and strength it takes to, in order to talk about that kind of stuff in front of people that you're afraid of them knowing? Like that takes way more courage than anything else. It does. And, you know, I would think it's harder as a young man or woman because kids don't have the compassion. It's the old, it's the older you get that the more understanding and caring you become. Right. And, um, so it must be really difficult for these young people to, you know, be vulnerable and admit their vulnerabilities. Well, I mean, not, and it's not just men and boys, but it's a lot more thicker and deeper when it comes to men and boys, but they've been conditioned to be a certain way, you know, in the society that you can't cry, you have to suck it up and, you know, and you just got to be tough and, you know, and that's how I was taught. And so I, all what happens when you're taught that is basically you're you're told that your emotions and your feelings don't matter and you just need to press them depress them down and so what that happens is literally just makes you sick and it comes out in other ways as you get older i bet you're such a welcome person to speak um at, like to mentor you know these groups of young people because 
I just, I always, when I talk to these women, I just, I think they would be the perfect person to advocate and help our youth because they're coming from a place of, you know, it, it, of true experience. That's a lot of their purpose is, is the fact that everything that they've been through is meant to teach them and make them stronger and to teach other people through their own experiences and allow them to understand and learn and and grow even though there's pain involved in a lot of the stories that's part of the process the only way to learn your your the only way is through your struggle to find your strengths and that's what i learned through my journey is that all the bad things that went happened to me i wouldn't take it back because it made me who i am today and i literally believe that i was this was meant to happen to break me down and build me up for this exact purpose well congratulations like that's incredible like you know, I hope there's many more success stories as we, you know, move through this journey of, of healing. But in saying that, we got to get rid of this PC government as I plug my little political piece and get Wab Canoe in there and have somebody who can speak on behalf of, you know, known issues for Indigenous people. Like we need somebody to advocate. But but I, I understand exactly and I agree. But are these aren't these people that get elected in just puppets and so the people who are up top are the ones that basically control what they do? Well, I just think somebody like Wab Canoe would be such a good advocate. I yes, probably there are limitations, eh, Jody? But I would think that, you know, he would I was reading what his platform was about and his platform is about everybody deserving an education. And I love that because everybody as well as all children get a healthy meal every day. Cause let's face it. If you're going to, to school starving, you're not going to learn. You can't learn because your brain is going to take um, whatever energy, you know, and if you have no energy, how can you maintain anything you're learning? So I love that too. And so, you know, to pay attention to our youth and, and um, you know, to be able to put, I guess, the emphasis and caring when they're the next generation who are going to do amazing things for our country, for themselves, for their friends, their family, um, and, you know, I, I just think that he's, I believe he'll put a focus where um, we need to have a focus and that's on our youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, it all boils down to each one of us to, to do what we can, right. And, you know, to be advocating and, and keeping, keeping all levels accountable, asking questions and, you know, being, being proactive with, with everything that we can do. Um, so, so what's the current state of affairs now? So they can only sell when, when they're being released. So you're still doing some kind of business. What can we do to help you, I guess, is, is my next question. I don't know if anything can be helped because, yeah. you know, the petition was put through to the Manitoba legislature and they basically said online petitions aren't accepted. So thanks anyhow for your 10,500 signatures. We, we don't, yeah, we don't acknowledge that. <clears throat> so it has to be a paper petition. Really? It has to be vetted by the legislature before it goes out. And then um, 
and they said, and by the way, we've recessed for the summer and there's election, there's an election in the fall. So basically they said, tough luck, tough luck. You're out of luck. It ain't happening. So, you know, all I can do is um, continue to do my own little thing in the background. And, you know, I've heard that some of the facilities out West are, um, have removed my name from the pin number so that they can't call me anymore. Oh, really? Which seems ridiculous. Like, yeah. who am I? Who am I? I'm, I'm somebody who just wants to sell some beadwork. And so now that yeah. you understand my story, why I'm so passionate about it is because this has helped me too. Yeah. yeah. I have a passion for sobriety. <laughs> and I'm being good to people. So no facilities will allow uh, the, the, the creative the selling and you just shit out of luck? Well, I think they can send their beadwork to family members or people who are on their pins. But I've been told that this healing lodge in Saskatchewan, the women have had my name removed from their pin. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'll find out if I ever get any more beadwork. But, you know, the one thing by doing this, what it did is um, it's really boosted sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I mean the girls are making some money and but it's mostly the girls who are released but I had so much beadwork because it went really it was like after Christmas it was so slow it was very sad anyhow yeah so I had lots of stuff and um so now you know I I maybe don't sell as much but I still sell and, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's a small group of people who are, are benefiting rather than, you know, some of the other girls, but you know what, it's taken such a turn because as women get released, unless you're like in EFRI or you're on house arrest or, you know, in a treatment program, it's really hard. Like, Beading takes a lot of work and a yeah. lot of focus. Yeah. And if you're a mom with children, I don't know how you bead. Yeah. So I don't, like a lot of women transition out of it, you know, and, and like to get back into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's a really tough thing to do if you're trying to live your life. Yeah, so I don't know where it'll go. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if... Um, you know, I mean, we've, we've gained such momentum with so many followers um, that I don't want it to end because now that you have all of this, you don't want to say, oh yeah, okay, closed and flip that switch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big one for giving up and I, yeah. So I'm glad we talked because I'm going to keep thinking there's, yeah, I, I don't like the way this is closing like if I can think of anything or anything if we can do anything I'm I'm all in I'm all in well what I'd like to do I'll tell you is um so I'll retire in a couple of years I have a really good job and I love what I do and um I've been working for the same company for 34 years and I love my company and um I'm very very fortunate to to enjoy you know a good profession and have had a great career so in a couple of years when I do retire um 
wouldn't it be great if we could somehow transition a shop? Maybe like there is one girl who's in some sort of a healing lodge in Ontario right now that is a privately run place, but wouldn't it be great if we had some sort of a healing center where um, women learn through programs and transition into, you know, society from jail, but maybe we had a storefront yeah. and, you know, maybe we had a, a like a, you, you know how when you go into Michael's, they have like a craft room in the back, like maybe you have a room in the back where the women can come and they've got their own little cubby and they can bead whenever they want. And because it's really important to get out of the house, maybe not to get out of the house, but, yeah, but yeah, I to be able to focus. Well, what if you just like if uh if they were just a lot like they just continue continue to keep beating while they're inside and then they could send the beating out and then somehow get it to you and you can just take care of things and then when the people are getting out they can also go into what it is that you're talking about if you can create yeah. like some sort of storefront or whatever it is that they can come and continuously do that therapeutic work. I think so. And wouldn't it be nice for, you know, because a lot of times what I find is um, the customers, they want to know, they want authentic Indigenous pieces. They don't want a lanyard that has Chanel or Nike or Adidas on it. They right. want traditional art. And then you have like, and then I've got Indigenous people who are buying it and they want to know which nation the woman is ah. from. Yeah. You know, so I had a guy in Chicago and I'm not sure which nation he was from, but he, he wanted to know where this medallion was made and, and a little bit about the girl. So I had found out she was Ojibwe and it was very important for yeah, him to for know sure. that. So, you know, so, and that's probably a spirit inside the piece as well, yeah, as well. For right? Sure. For sure. So the gals, they like if if somebody was to go pick it up, they wouldn't they wouldn't allow people to go pick pick something up. So it's not no, no, no. I'm the drug lord of beadwork. Can't they just you can just mail it out though, can't they? Nope, they're not allowed to mail anything to me anymore. Also, yes. no. So like they're saying that what happens is once they make it, they take it and put it into their property. Right. And at one point. Vinny, they told us that they could mail stuff out for special occasions. The ladies could for gifts. They yeah. can't do that anymore. Huh. And yeah. it was because, because, well, there may have been a gift that may have been redirected. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so these girls are just, you know, they're... But the thing that doesn't make sense to me is that if they're saying that the beadwork is causing conflict between the inmates, how does cutting them off from sending it out stop the conflict? It's still yeah. they're still together and they're still able to have conflict within with each other. You know what I mean? So it sounds to me like it's almost just about trying to stop them from making money or or sending the stuff out to people. I agree because truly. Like, why can't you make it? Why can't everybody, okay, if you're now painting everybody with the same brush stroke and saying yeah. they can't do it, how about implementing a system? Everybody can bead. Whoever wants to bead, they can bead. And as you mess up, like if you get caught, let's say 
threatening to hurt somebody if they don't give you their beadwork, okay, well, your privilege has been taken away from mm -hmm. you. There's got to be rules, guidelines. Everybody understands it. But maybe the jail doesn't want to deal with these extra things. Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, like because it becomes complicated, right? And, you know, I've been there before just ringing the doorbell and uh, nobody can come and let me in because they don't have enough guards. Well, how about hire enough guards? Like, I don't know. We have the money for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think it just seems to me like it's more just like about a power and control thing. And, you know, and so it's it's really a tough position to be in because when it comes to the corrections, they've been doing their thing a certain way for a long time. And you just it just doesn't get broken. And so they have the power and control of their institution and they're in control of what happens and what doesn't happen. So when people are coming in and trying to control that, then they're just like, no, it isn't happening. So I'm sure that they probably ended up finding out about this Instagram page and seeing how popular it was. And they're like, we're just going to shut this down. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. Idea. Yeah, it, it was your idea, not theirs. That's right. Yeah. And maybe they're not making the profit because when you walked into the Women's Correctional Center, they had a showcase with a little bit of beadwork in there. And, you know, maybe they were making some money too. I don't know. I have no idea. But, you know, I mean, at one point when I first started, the guards apparently were very concerned that I was taking a profit from the girls. Well, if you could see my little manual piece, I mean, I have a little, my like my phone is, is if I was to lose my phone, I'd be so screwed because every girl has got a page and I keep track of what they sell so that when they come out, I can show them because some of the girls really keep track of what they've sent me too. And I, you know what? I love that they do. Some can't be bothered. Some do. And there's got to be a check and balance, right? And so they're quite happy to, um, you know, to trust, but, you know, I, I want them to, to question and, so I, I have to keep track of these things and, you know, even the girls, because like, there's, there's not like I've got this pot where I can refund a customer. So if something, let's say, doesn't make it to its destination, what do I do with that? Like, you know, there's an integrity to this program that we have. So what am I going to do? How do I tell the customer? Well, too bad. It's gone. I can't. So the girls have offered to donate a pair of earrings to me into, we'll call it almost like a slush fund, that if I have something like that happen, it doesn't have to come out of my money to pay back a customer. I can sell a pair. I can give them another pair. I can sell a pair to make up for that. So, you know, we've got kind of like a good thing going and, you know, a good understanding. Such great things because like we talked about, like the lack of supports and 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 help for for people getting out this is something these are skills and experience and references and connections that they can put on their resume and and really toot their horn about like that's so many great things to be celebrated that they can actually use when they get out like, uh, and yeah. you know when you think about it for 
especially for some of these girls that are going for, let's say they're going to court, hey, Vinny, and, you know, to put on, to have your lawyer speak on your behalf that you're trying to rehabilitate yourself and you're getting in touch with your culture and your traditions and your beating and you're, you know, you're changing and, you know, you've got a bit of a purpose and a different mindset. Like, these are all amazing skills to have and amazing things to talk about. So why wouldn't somebody want that? Like the yeah. system, right? The correctional system, why uh, wouldn't they want it? I think honestly, I think what needs to be done is just to continuously keep putting pressure on, on them about it because uh, considering the fact that not to say, not to like, not to just say uh, that it's indigenous, but there is a lot of it's. It's kind of like indigenously led. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely a, an easy way to get in there and get people to to listen because and and just try and get as many people to back you up, and then then you can maybe get it on the news, and then people will just be like, kind of like having an outcry about it, right? Yeah. We've been, we've managed a little bit. There's been a little bit of an outcry, but. I don't think there'll be an outcry enough all summer because people are on holidays, right? Things are closed down. Schools are shut down. People are out at the lake. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the next step is. I have no idea. I mean, you know, you need somebody in a big place, somebody high up there to take this on. And I know that EFRI nationally, um, wherever their head office is, I know they're aware I know EFRI and BC is aware. So, you know, we're we're in the process of, you know, making people aware of what's happening, but I'm not sure how we'll um, how we'll take it forward. I have no idea. Well, I really believe in what you do. Like I really do, and I I I don't know. I'm, I'm with you though. Like, if there's anything I can do, or if I'm going to start thinking, because there's got to be something, you know, these, these women are phenomenal. Uh, what a great opportunity for them. Uh, yeah. I, I don't do that sort of thing. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very happy that we've chatted about this. It's, yeah. it's really nice. I've never done a podcast, but I listen oh. to them all the time. You're a total what if, now what if you were, uh, what if you were to create another Instagram or Facebook? Well, it'd probably be Instagram would be good. You could create another Instagram that's geared towards the support of what it is that you're trying to do. And you can make the posts on your, the earrings. You can make, make the post on the earrings page about what it is that you're trying to do. And you'll get all those followers onto that. And then you can slowly start to get more and you can just take your time and just try and create more and more followers in order to get them to support and then you can just kind of get get your plan together about what you're going to do when the time comes if they're going to push this off all the way till fall or whatever it is they're saying you know what i mean yeah yeah no that's a good idea it's uh there's got to be something we can do and it is it's going to be about support mm. and you know about getting it out in the community and getting it out nationally and you know, I know that people in the U.S. even know about it because they comment on it, and sure, they're sure. they're very sad that it's come down to this. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm with you. So, a parting uh, question for each one of you as we 
Close her up. Vinny, I'm let you go first. What what kind of message would you like to send to Sandra's friends right now? A message of hope. If you could tell them something, what would you tell them? From like from the people who are incarcerated? Uh, to the to the ladies who, who Sandra is working with and has worked with. What would you tell them now as a message of hope? Well, I would just say that, I mean, don't ever lose sight of the fact that you're a good person. Um, the things that you're doing, right, like involved in the beating and that are, are geared towards a good thought and good intention. And so I would just always try and focus on the fact that you're a good person because obviously the things that they've been through and the things that have happened to them, they, they what happens is we believe that that's who we are, or, you know what I mean? So we think that we're bad people or whatever it is that we've done. But one of the things that really helped me was to just finally actually believe that I am a good person through all the good things that have, or through all the bad things that have happened. Yeah, yeah, and I can echo that. Like, please, please pass on our love to, to the, your friends and let them know that we are rooting for them and celebrating them and we would like to help in whatever way we can because we know we're grateful. They're doing what greatness they have inside of them too. And Sandra, uh, what do you want the world to know about about your girls, your friends? If you could say a couple things about what do you want everybody to know about them? Well, I think, you know, for each girl to acknowledge, each woman to acknowledge, you know, that anything that's happened to them in life, that's part of their journey. That's what makes them them. And whether negative or positive, you can always pull something good out of it, even if it's a lesson of without having gone down, let's say a negative path, you'll never know what that positive path is going to look like without having to experience, you know, that one negative piece or, you know, whatever's happened to you in your life. So you need, you need to grab every, um, me personally, I feel like my any negative journey i i use that as energy it's positive energy for me because i i'll take i a you got to forgive yourself and b you've got to just use it as power power to change and power to you know grow and so with that in mind um i don't plan on going anywhere i'm not going to give up I want to just, you know, I, I don't want to be in the forefront. I never asked to be in the forefront. I just want to stay kind of behind the scenes and, and, you know, be a friend, help, help if I can, you know, get somebody a phone bundle or get somebody, you know, a track suit or somebody a new pair of glasses whatever it ends up being I just I'm not going to give up I I'm here for you know the long journey and it's just it's going to be a struggle but I I believe in these women and they're they're beautiful souls beautiful souls and you know beautiful people inside and out so yeah. I just I keep I keep telling them that <coughs> Thank so you. yeah that's my piece Everything that you're doing, I just have such massive, massive respect for. And I love everything, like the journey that you've gone on, the self-growth, relationships. Like there is, this is huge. 
And I, this is a challenge, but like you say, it's not over. You're not going anywhere. And, and there are people out there who are rooting for not only the gals, but yourself as well. And they're, they're banking on you just going quietly, but you don't need to do that. And so what we can do, let's, let's all three of us keep in touch because I think we have more talking to do. And uh, if there's links that you want to share, updates, photos of the, the jewelry, anything at all, let's get the word out there and let's let's see what we can do because none of us are defined by our past or our history or the our four walls that surround us so we, we need to celebrate these women and keep it going for sure absolutely i love that we're not defined no you're going to create we're going to create our our own journey together with oh, some yeah. positivity yeah yes no, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much for coming. I'm so glad that you guys met. I wanted you guys to meet because you're both such fabulous people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Lunch and coffee. Thank you so much. And yeah, you pleasure. Nice yeah. to meet you both. But yeah, you know. thanks for everything, you guys. Thank you.